Hello, greetings, <laughs> and welcome to the first installment of what I hope will be a small series of podcasts, um, depending on how long I can drag the subject out, um, but a podcast series on my love of Korean pop culture. And what better name than to call it What's K Poppin'? <laughs> a bit of uh, background about the name, I guess, is that I actually have a radio show called What's Poppin' on Mondays from 8 to 10 on bakerradio.org. Yes, that was a shameless plug. But yeah, we play a lot of pop music from the 80s to the 2000s. But uh, K-pop doesn't really fit into that genre. And so basically I want a place where I can talk about uh, my K-pop trash. No, I'm just kidding. It's not trash. Well, I guess depending on uh, your taste in music, maybe you would consider it to be that way. But um, no, I I really want an outlet to be able to talk about um, my love of just Korean pop culture in general because see I try and talk to my friends about it and I'm sure like the first like few times they were like ah ha ha my friend's so funny she just has this weird niche obsession with k-dramas and bts and blah 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 but I think now that it's been several several months they're kind of getting tired of it and I don't know it's kind of exhausting to be one of the only people that you know (laughs) that is obsessed with um, a music group or is obsessed with a certain kind of show or whatnot. I guess before I get into it, I guess I will say I have met people. Thank you to those like, I want to say less than eight people that I've met whom are just either random strangers or actual people that I know who can relate to me on watching K-dramas or um, listening to K-pop. And I literally get so excited when I learn that someone like, I'm like, you you listen to BTS? Oh my gosh, who's your bias? Which I'm sure if none of that means anything to you right now, by the end of either this podcast or a different one, it will mean something to you. Um, because I will surely go into depth about everything. So you're about to know way more than you've ever wanted to know about Korean pop culture. Let's begin. <laughs> So I felt that for this first um, episode, if you will, that I would just talk about how I got into K-pop. And if that doesn't take 20 minutes, then I guess I'll add on uh, more <laughs> more topics to it. But I guess I, I really would say that the beginning was in January of last year. But before I get into that, I guess I will just briefly say that I've always been interested in Asian culture, which is something I think is kind of unique. No, it's not super special to me. I don't think I'm very interesting and special because I like Asian culture. Um, Because I I don't want to say that I would limit it to um, Korean culture, but I will say that's definitely where my key interests lie. To be quite honest, I I know almost nothing about um, like Japanese culture or Vietnamese, etc. I will say that I do know a little bit about Chinese culture for various reasons. And I guess why I'm bringing this whole idea up is because my interest and fascination with Asian culture in general began, I would say, my junior year of high school 
when um, one of my close friends asked me if I was interested in hosting a foreign exchange student for two weeks. And I was like, oh, I'm sure my dad would let that happen. And I knew that they needed people to host these students, you know, otherwise, where were they going to stay? So I volunteered and I hosted a student from Chuzhou, China for about two weeks. And it was really, really just an amazing experience to host her. She was, she's such a sweet person and it was really fun for her to see what my life was like, et cetera, et cetera. And I didn't necessarily see it going anywhere this this how do I say this it's not like we were uh, (laughs) sorry when I said that it made it seem like we were dating like I don't see this going anywhere so no I mean like I I didn't foresee what was going to happen later on aka next the next year um which was that I was given the opportunity to then visit her in China because while she was here I kind of learned a little bit about Chinese culture which obviously was very interesting because I'd ask her you know what do you like to do for fun with your friends and whatnot um But it was hard for her to explain because her English wasn't up to that level of being able to give me like a description of her full experience and what it's truly like living in China. So I got to experience it for myself for about 10 days. So my senior year of high school, I was given the opportunity to stay with her for about five days. So the trip began with us going to Beijing and staying there for about two and a half days. And then we were in Shanghai for a day And then we were in Chuzo, a small city of 3 million people, which is like the size of Chicago. And so I got to see what, you know, big, big city life was like and the food and um, the shopping. And then, of course, I got to truly see what just an, I don't, just like what an average life would be like. You know, her parents were both teachers. Um, They lived in an apartment. I got to go to her school every day and see what her classes were like and, Honestly, I could I could go on and on about what that experience was like. It was truly one of my favorite trips. You know, I, I climbed the Great Wall. I saw um called the Bund is like what the cool futuristic buildings all look like on in Shanghai in that one area. J- just google it, you'll know what I mean. Um but I got to go in like one of the second tallest tower in the world. That was in Shanghai. Um but I really my favorite part of course was living with her being with her parents. Oh my gosh, they were so funny and cute. Um, Mama and Baba is what um, I refer to them as because I can't pronounce Chinese names very well. And so her parents would take me out and just do fun things with me in the evenings because um, the girl I was staying with and um, the person, she's the same person that I hosted. Um, she was studying for this huge exam, like college entrance exams. And so I spent a lot of time with her parents. They took me out and to, you know, to do what the young kids do, you know, play video games. We ate a lot of food. It was so incredible. And so that really kick-started, if you will, my kind of obsession with just Asian culture. I thought it was so fun and interesting. Um, but that obsession, I guess I wouldn't really call it an obsession at that point, but just that interest and fascination with Asian culture really didn't go anywhere for about another, honestly, another year and a half until January, which is of last year, which is what I was referring to earlier. Um, And how that all began, my friend, is with the K drama. Make him whistle like a missile. Bomb, bomb. 
every time I show up. So basically where it all began was by watching K-dramas, but really it started by watching C-dramas, is that what you call them? They're Chinese dramas? Anyway, so imagine that it's January of last year and you're just about to start interterm. So my interterm was actually longer than most people's, um, through, and by longer I mean like throughout the day. Most people had like a maybe one to three hour class every day, but mine was actually kind of like five hours because I was in a musical, we were putting on a musical, and it was awesome and fun, but that still left a lot of time in the evenings to do virtually nothing. There was no homework as part of my, I guess, I guess that's the trade-off, is that those people would have some form of homework, whereas I, when my day ended, it really ended. There, Unless, of course, you know, rehearsing and re- memorizing music and lines, but that was pretty easy for me, and so I really had a lot of free time. And I figured that it was time for me to start another show. I had been watching uh, American shows, I guess. Um, I think I had finished, was it Brooklyn Nine-Nine, like season five, and I was waiting for the sixth season to come out. And I was looking on, and that's all on Hulu. And otherwise, there there were no other shows that I wanted to watch on Hulu. So I, I think that's right. I think the timeline is correct there. But anyway, um, so I decided to switch back to watching Netflix. I was mooching off of my friend's Netflix account at the time, and I was, I was just randomly searching, looking around, and this one show popped up called Meteor Garden, and it looked pretty cheesy, and I didn't, I didn't know what to think at first, and so I watched like the little trailer to it, and it featured like this girl who was starting at college and there's this gang of really popular boys and one of them was really mean and was really mean to her and <laughs> now that i think about it it's so cringy i i 1000% acknowledge that a lot of these dramas are so cringy and convoluted but i just decided you know what i have no idea so i'm just going to watch an episode and let me tell you no matter how cringy and dumb and convoluted these plots are they are so addictive. And it basically all has to do with the fact that I am essentially a helpless romantic. I love watching dumb, cringy romances where chemistry is just really good and it's really attractive uh, characters and, you know, whether they're funny or serious, I just love watching basically romance stuff. And a lot of American shows, like, first of all, a lot of people aren't into that. And so... and. The shows in America play off these ideals and go for something that's more substantial. You know, basically what I watch is candy floss. It's just light, fluffy, absolutely, you know, just easy to watch. There's there's not a lot of thought put into watching it. Oh my gosh, I sound terrible. Um, so basically, I'm into bad shows. No, no, that's not true. I like a show with some substance, but it was just, this was the first time I was watching a show that was just really fun and easy and dumb and funny. And so... I really enjoyed watching this show, which had about 40 episodes, which is much longer than a lot of the K-dramas. I'll say K-dramas are a standard one-hour length in just a single episode, but then there's 16 episodes in one season, and they don't do more than one season. Like, that's it. The show begins and ends. There's always, like, a very concise um, final ending. 
there's no usually no room for a sequel. It's not like American TV where you can just keep going and keep going and pop out season after season. Also, American shows, usually the episodes are about 20 to 40 minutes. And then, of course, there are those like one hour episodes. But most K-dramas are about 45 minutes to a little bit over an hour. That's like the standard. But this show, this first Chinese show I watched called Meteor Garden, I think it was 40 episodes. Um in one season, and that was it. And then I think each episode was like 45 minutes? I don't think they were an hour long. Anyway, I watched them nonstop, so I finished the whole season easily within that January. And then I moved on to the next Chinese drama, and then the next one. And I could go into describing those plots and whatnot, but I'm thinking of saving um, those topics for another time, because it's really fascinating, honestly, how a lot of these shows fit this mold. For example, all three of the Chinese shows that I watched all centered around one girl character that um, is the heroine and she is not conventionally pretty, but she has this feisty, sassy, headstrong attitude, very determined, puts you in your place, you know. And then the guy, love interest, is always this like rich boy who's like dad is a a famous CEO or he is a CEO himself or something like that and usually he's pretty mean and doesn't like the girl character and they fight and that's how it begins is like the opposites attract kind of thing and so they fall in love in the end or whatever I I I'm so ridiculous but I really love I love those stupid plots I think that comes from I love those kind of plots in books or at least I do love a good um damsel in distress. I am all about strong female characters and women empowerment, but for some reason, I am just I just love reading about women also being rescued sometimes. I think it's romantic. I'm sorry. I might sound like trash and all feminists might hate me because I like to think that I'm a feminist, but also I love love. <laughs> okay, I'm done with this dumb rant. <laughs> I don't have to justify <laughs> anything to anyone, so <laughs> get off my back. So anyway, basically, this um, obsession with watching these Chinese shows really went beyond watching them just during interterm. Once school started in February, and when I really should have uh, ciphered off some of my TV watching, um, I didn't. And so I kept watching, and I came across the f- one of my first K-dramas, I, I believe, I believe this was the first K-drama I watched, actually, but I think... Yeah, yeah, okay. So you know how um, Netflix usually releases like all seasons and episodes of one show. So I found this one K-drama that was very new and they were still releasing like episodes once per week. And I started watching, I watched like the first three in one sitting because goddamn, they were great. It was called Romance is a Bonus Book and it's still probably one of my favorite K-dramas of all time. And I know I mentioned earlier how I think I should do a separate episode on this, and then I went on that tangent of how the the plot line of how most Chinese dramas go. Well, with that tangent, I was going to say I was going to do a series about basically my favorite K-dramas and why, and maybe talk about their plots. But that's for another time. Anyway, so Romance as a Bonus Book is like the first K-drama I started watching, and it was so good and funny, and I'll get into that later. But 
because it was only released one episode at a time, I had this little side K-drama that I would watch, and it was definitely lower in quality, and it just wasn't as good. The plot wasn't as good. The romance wasn't as good. But anyway, so that's how I got into watching K-dramas. I found this one that was absolutely amazing, and I could never go back. <laughs> I pretty much routinely watched K-dramas from January to, I want to say April, you know, I was going pretty strong and I came across, I, I will say that I kind of started getting bored of watching ones on Netflix or I couldn't find any that were, I don't know, like I started to get picky. I started to form a taste, if you will. Um, I wasn't satisfied with, um... The, the trash anymore, basically, kind of what I had been watching earlier. No offense, C-dramas. Anyway, I still love those, but the, it's undeniable but that their quality and content is just not as good as K-dramas. Anyway, so I switched to Hulu, and I started watching this one called Just Between Lovers. Yes, it sounds perfect for my niche of romantic, sickeningly sweet K-dramas. Anyway, so I started watching this one, and... I really liked it and I have and I once I finished it I decided to look up the actor because goddamn that boy was cute and so I then learned that he was actually not just an actor in K-dramas but he was a K-pop star. And so naturally I wanted to hear what his music sounded like. I wanted to know if he was just as good as singing as he was at acting. And so it was so funny to me because, first of all, his character in this K-drama was very serious and dark and brooding, but his, like, K-pop songs were often very upbeat, catchy, and happy, and I became obsessed with this one song called Ice Cream. Please go and watch it. It is the most aesthetically pleasing thing you'll ever see. The pastel colors, the dancing, the outfits, the scenery, it's beautiful. It truly is a work of art, and in fact, at one point, I became determined to memorize it. Yes, it's sung in Korean. So I was, but I was like, I don't care. I'm just going to memorize the sounds and whatever. So I, that's really how I got into to K-pop, if you will, because I just found this K-drama actor who was really good at singing and I really enjoyed his song, Ice Cream. So then I just kept listening to this one K-pop star's, his name's Junho, by the way, if you want to get into his music. I started to listen to that pretty much all the time for several weeks, and I remember it was getting close to the end of the school year, and I was about to go off and study abroad in England, and I don't know why, but I was like, you know what, maybe, maybe Junho will, maybe he's touring. Maybe I could see him sometime. In fact, I don't think I connected the fact I was studying abroad with the fact that maybe I could see him. I think I just was like, dang, I like this boy's music. And so I looked him up and he hadn't gone on tour since 2017 and it looked like he wasn't going on tour anytime soon. I think he was focusing more on acting than singing at this point. But then I just started to look up, you know, I think I started to look up K-pop stars, coming to Europe because I was like, well, I'm going to be gone for the next like month and a half in Europe. So maybe 
I'll be able to see one of them there. And as it turns out, BTS, Bangtang, so I actually don't know why I thought I could pronounce that, but I can't. But anyway, BTS stands for Bulletproof Boy Scouts, which again, I think another episode of this podcast will be dedicated to all of just BTS and the the, the members and whatnot, because I literally could, ooh, I could talk about those boys for so long. But anyway, they were going to be in London on the same weekend that I was going to be there, but my ass was like, oh, but the seats are so high up in, you know, Wembley Stadium or whatever. Oh, it's kind of on the expensive side. It wasn't even that expensive. It literally would have been so worth it, but I was just really hesitant. Oh, and also this, I guess I will say this. It was weird about trying to get the tickets to me. It was saying things like, we'll have them mailed to you. But at this point, it was too late for me to get them mailed because they wouldn't get mailed to my house in the US. It would get mailed to somewhere in England. And I just was kind of sketched out by that. I just thought it wasn't going to work out, you know, like, how was I going to get to Wembley Stadium or blah, blah, blah. And also, I guess the main factor was that I truly wasn't a fan of BTS. Of course, once I learned that they were going to London, I started to do a little research, like listen to a few songs on Spotify. I will say I was introduced to BTS in high school because I have a friend who was super into anime and all those kind of things. And so she like showed me, hey, watch this video of this K-pop group doing a dance. And it was this the dance to the song Dope. And oh my god, still one of the best like choreographies I've ever seen. So I did find their, their dancing super impressive. But you know, I was like, oh, I'm not going to be able to see their dancing from nosebleed seats. That it will just be a waste of money. Well, all I can say is, and this is like what I tell every single person I talk to about like K-pop or just if the... If the um, conversation comes up of like, what's your biggest life regret? It's that. I literally regret that so much. Like, why the heck? Why the heck did I not go to that concert? Like, I don't know when the next time will come. Like, it literally gives me anxiety and stress when I think about, well, when am I going to be able to see them again? Because they don't come to America that often, even though they are a huge international deal. Like, like I said, I'm going to get into like talking about them and why they are such a big deal and why I love them so much. Like, I'll get into that into another episode. But basically, just know that Isabel really, really blew it. I should have gone to this concert because once I went overseas and started watching their videos, like their um, choreography videos of them practicing, and then I started listening to the actual music and realizing like, wow, I actually really like their songs. I really like their music. I started playing their um, Spotify playlist like on repeat and that began in I want to say like June and I still to this day you know it's September it's been several months now I still play that playlist like on repeat so basically I'm saying that I love their music I'm obsessed with them and once I came back from Europe that's when the true obsession began because I started watching their videos and their content of them just being goofy, of them being on talk shows in America, on talk shows and whatnot in, and game shows or what are they called? Um, Variety shows in Korea, you know? People, there are these YouTubers out there that just edit the heck out of clips of them being weird and funny and themselves and dumb. They are like the most lovable people on the planet. And like I said, I'll get into this next time, but I basically just, that is what truly catalyzed this obsession with them is by seeing their videos of what they act like when they're not on stage and um, 
that kind of got me into other K-pop groups. Of course, not nearly as much, but basically, if you were to sum up this entire this entire talk, it goes Chinese drama. <laughs> well, I guess it goes like foreign exchange student, then goes to China, then starts watching Chinese dramas, then K dramas, then finds a K-pop singer, then finds this K-pop group, and here we are, ladies and gentlemen. I am like. determined that I will go to South Korea someday, whether it be vacation or I would love to teach English there for a little while. But I just really love their culture and their food. And yeah, I have now spent 20 minutes talking about how I got into K-pop culture and um, the music and the shows. And so I feel pretty confident that I can continue this series for at least another two or three um, episodes. So yeah, I hope you enjoyed listening to my rant about that. And so maybe you too can foster some sort of um, weird, I don't want to say a fetish because that's like, what, sexual or something? Yeah, no. I, like foster some sort of weird obsession, niche obsession with a culture like I did. So start by watching K-dramas, I guess, and then get into their music, and then regret basically for the rest of your life that you didn't go to their concert when you could have. But I'm confident that someday I will be able to go and see them. But yeah, I hope you enjoyed, and tune in next time for the next edition of What's K-Poppin' with Isabel. Isabel.